little people, big people, all people. If you hear the sound of my voice, that means you are listening to a new episode of Buffed Up Sports, available on all major podcasting platforms. And folks, do we got a good episode for you today. You know, everything's all good in the hood. You know, I'm feeling pretty happy, feeling pretty good because the Tigers are rolling. All right. Three straight series wins. Come on now, Tigers. Might mess around and get a wild card on playoff berth, you know. So, hey, we rooting for them. We rooting for them. Other good news. My hair is growing back. <laughs> yeah, I know. About, by now, you've all seen that video. I was shaved pretty clean on the top of my head. But it's growing back. I ain't comfortable enough to show it yet. But just know it's getting there. I say by the end of summer, I'll definitely have my waves back. And I like to say by basketball season, if I want to, I could have a full afro by then. Stay tuned for that. I'll keep y'all posted on my hair, though. Just not yet. It ain't, it ain't there yet. And as you know, I cut my hair because the Pistons got the number one pick. I was a man of my word. I said if we get the number one pick, I'll shave my head. And I did exactly that. And to be honest, I'm still pretty excited from the Pistons getting the number one pick. The Pistons social media page actually included me in this video of all the fans reacting to the news of us getting the number one pick. And in the video, it was my reaction. <laughs> so I'm all over Twitter, LinkedIn. What else was it on? I think it was TikTok, Facebook, all the social media apps. So it was pretty crazy to see my face on this Pistons video that was shown to thousands of people so that was pretty entertaining that was a big thing that happened this week pretty big like the part that made it a pretty big deal was that my face was one of the faces featured the most because i honestly had no idea about the video like when it was released i didn't know in fact i found out through eli you know pistons twitter you know eli so shout out to eli because i had no idea he was the first person that told me i made the video and then the part that was the most exciting to me was I got the ending part. <laughs> my my reaction included me yelling out Detroit basketball. So they included that in the big video with all the fans. And that was the last thing you got to hear on the video. So I thought that was pretty cool for me to be the person to throw in that finishing touch. But anyways, great episode ready for you today. We have... Today's episode is what y'all talking about, volume four, not four, four. <laughs> we got Arbor Prep basketball head coach Rarette Murray, and it is an interesting episode because we're going to be talking hoops, and he got some stories about his experiences working with NBA players. One is going to really stand out to you. One player he names, you're all going to know, so that's pretty cool. Talk some Pistons, and you're going to be pretty entertained by the insight he does have on what's going on with the Pistons organization and some of the connections he have with the people with the Pistons organization. So go ahead, check it out. Hope you enjoy. I'm out. All right, folks, we got Rod Redding Murray, also known as Coach Murray to most folks. Go ahead and say what's up to the people, Coach. How's everybody doing, man? Pleasure to come in. RJ, you've been doing a wonderful job. Just um, really happy to be here and support you with this. And um, 
like I said before, you're just doing a really good job. Proud of you. I appreciate that. First thing first, go ahead. Tell the people where to find you at on social media. Go ahead. Plug yourself real quick. Well, I'm not all over the social media, but you can find me at Rob Murray, R.A. Murray, 312 on Instagram. I have some interesting things I post time to time um, and a little music in there as well. Definitely, definitely. Go make sure you follow that account. You check out his song of the day. Every day you post a <laughs> yeah. song and it's always some good music. So yes, you sir. always listen to gibberish and da 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 Take a break from that. <laughs> And go on here and listen to some real music because that's where you go. There you go, RJ. <laughs> All right. So go ahead and tell the people about yourself uh, as far as some of your accomplishments and positions you've held in the past. Grew up well in Detroit, graduated from Detroit Montfort, played for Detroit Montfort. Like every other kid probably during that time, athletic dreams, aspired to be a professional. And as I got older, I see, you know, okay, maybe that's not working out. And I transitioned into coaching. Started coaching at uh, 24 years old. Uh, actually, at my alma mater, which is Detroit Mumford. Um, after that, I was almost like the Larry Brown of high school. You know, Larry Brown had several stops for right. those of you old school who don't realize who that is. That's an old school coach. Coached Detroit Pistons to a championship in 2000. Mm-hmm. Coached at Macomb Community College, AAU, Detroit Crockett where, um, you know, I was a part of a um, state championship and then turned around and we went back to a final four uh, a couple of years later. A lot of great players. Uh, Maurice Hager, Deshaun Wood, Isaac Knight, several other guys I coached. And, uh, you know, coached at a couple of other spots, a couple of high school spots, had uh, great success, championships, multiple championships, coaches of the year, um, awards, Um and then I finally landed at uh, Arbor Prep, where I'm at now. I'll be going into my fourth year with the Gators. Really happy. Won our first regional championship in school history this past year. Um, I felt like COVID stopped us again. The second year, I felt like we would make a deep run, but obviously the season was canceled. And then this year, unfortunately, I got sick previously, uh, previous to the quarterfinal game, and I couldn't coach the game because of my illness and I really felt like it cost us a chance to go to Michigan State this year but I'm very happy um, we got a lot of returning starters so I'm happy right there in Gator Nation it's all good <laughs> I failed to mention I've scouted in the NBA as well Oklahoma City Thunder the Detroit Pistons I've done some scouting work in the NBA as well yeah I know a lot of people probably like excited to hear that I mean first thing first we're definitely glad you're feeling better I know you was you was down for a minute, but glad you're back, you're healthy again. You know, that's the most important thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I appreciate that because it was serious. And, um, you know, um, God really, as always, uh, gave me a lot of strength. And just the belief, you know, when you have faith, when you get tested like that, your faith, you know, has to go to another level because it was serious. Hey, I, I already understand. Mm-hmm. With that being said, you talked about you done some scouting in the NBA. You said with the Thunder and the Pistons. You want to give me some stories about some of your NBA experiences? I don't know if they're like super exciting, but um, you know, there was a couple of stories. You know, like sometimes you get in these rooms with other scouts mm-hmm. from other teams. But I just give you one that was like just off the top of my head. I always try to tell this story about just seriously working hard. And- sticking with your craft. There was some debate about Mike Conley, currently about Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. 
you know, some of these guys are younger, but there was a guy by the name of Greg Oden who yeah. was going to be consensus number one pick at that time. And they played high school together, AU. They've been playing together since middle school. It was Mike Conley, Greg Oden, and a, a guy by the name of Daquan Cook, who actually played for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And right, right. One, I want to say Miami Heat as well, but so we're in the room, and when you scout, you know, you run into the other guys, you know, again, again, again. And I kept singing my college praise. They're like, oh, he's living off Mike, living off Greg Oden's um, success. He's terrible. So I say about maybe 14, 15 guys, like, if he goes second round, it was a gift. So I kept saying, no, this guy is really good. Like, I thought he all-star good, which he's been snubbed a few times since he's been mm-hmm. in the league. But what was funny, this is a funny story. So we're in Ohio, I want to say. Now, I'm not, yeah, we're in Cleveland. I think Mike Conley is from Ohio, if I'm not mistaken, from uh, that Dayton area. I'm not exactly sure. But I'm having a debate outside the gym, and they're arguing. I'm the only one standing up for them. And I'm talking to the scouts. I'm debating again. It's Mike Conley. They're giving me a hard time. Yeah, yeah. So we're outside, and it was a relative of Mike Conley. said, those guys going to pay for saying all rude things. So fast forward, four or five, six years later, Mike Conley's killing with the Grizzlies. And that same guy, like literally I was in another city, I think I want to say Final Four or somewhere, he he remembered that. He said, did you tell them dummies? Didn't you tell them dummies about my nephew? And so it was just a funny story to me because, you know, a lot of times when you evaluate, we hit and miss. Um, right. evaluated, but it was funny because a lot of people missed on Mike Conley. He's turned out to be borderline Hall of Fame point guard. If you look at his numbers and his success, he's had an outstanding career. He, it was a lot of dollars on him. No so doubt about it. So that was he's definitely that was respected. And, and he a dog. Super oh, tough. yeah. So that was just one interesting They killed me on Mike Conley. <laughs> Before we move on, another quick story I want to get out of you. Your LeBron James story, you know, has oh, yeah. interactions with LeBron. I'm sure the people want to hear this. Um, I saw LeBron James first time as a ninth grader in Solon, uh, Ohio, at this AAU tournament. He was in the ninth grade, and I watched five games that weekend, and I came back to Detroit, and I told everyone, barbershop talk, anyone I could run into, coaches, I said, man, I think i just seen the best player I've seen touch a basketball. I'm serious. He was in the ninth grade. Fast forward, which is another story you can read up on. Nike and Adidas had a, had a war. I posted this on my Instagram. They had a war that was crazy. The shoe game was like at an all-time high, just bidding for players to play for AAU. It was Nike camp, and then it was ABCD camp, which was Adidas. And LeBron was on the Adidas side at the time. He was sponsored by Adidas. The summer previous to his junior year, you know, we were all traveling together. He mentioned to uh, myself, my partner, Rob Murphy, who was the uh, president GM of the uh, Motor City Cruise. He's now with the Detroit Pistons. And another gentleman by the name of Chris Greer, and he wanted to play with us. We had one of the top teams. We were beating everybody. We were like the number one team in the country. Okay. And he ended up playing with us in two tournaments. And, you know, just a wonderful family's mom, Gloria. Um, his, his, his friends, Maverick, uh, Randy, all those guys. I knew them when they were young. 
And when I say we won every game by like 40, Ooh. it was nasty. On. So just imagine him as a sophomore. He was right. jumping. He was jumping like that in the ninth or tenth grade. So it was crazy. But more important, more one thing about LeBron James, you know, I think the shadow of doubt. I've seen a lot of basketball from a little boy, from Dr. J to Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, all the way through from Allen Iverson to Shaquille O'Neal to Kobe Bryant. I've seen different areas. I can say with all honesty, I've never seen one individual with a target on his back at that early of age that has lived up to the hype. On and off the court, someone with so much hype, front of Sports Illustrated, all on television, actually live up to the hype and the pressure and play at the high level of LeBron James. Real proud of him because I, I knew him when he was a youngster. And so um, just to see his, his maturation has been unbelievable. One quick story on him. We were in Houston, Texas at a tournament. Right. His plane was late, so... The clock was ticking. It was like 12 minutes left. Both teams were warming up. This during the RK warm-ups, yeah. This warm-ups. This AU. Gym is packed. It's steaming hot. Capacity. You couldn't get in. LeBron comes running onto the court with about a minute left on the clock. He, a couple of layups. That was it. When I say he probably had 50, he put on a show. That's ridiculous. <laughs> without warming up. Right. What I saw with my two eyes, he did not warm up. And anybody that was there will tell you. The show, and it was against the number one team at the time. He was playing that particular tournament with the Oakland Soldiers. And I forgot exactly who they were playing, but it was, the, it was like one versus two. And when I say he put on the show without warming up directly from the airport, it was crazy. That's impressive because... I know me after a flight. I ain't trying to do nothing that day. No, I'm trying to do nothing the next day. Exactly. I don't want to do nothing. Exactly. <laughs> so you understand. Right. What that was. It was crazy, man. Saw it with my own two eyes. Yeah, I think there's no doubt about it. He's a different breed. <laughs> For sure. Like, like you said, love him or hate him on the court, nothing else. Got to give him his respect off 100%. the court. 100%. Because, I mean, he doesn't get in any trouble. Things like that he does for the community. So, I mean, if nothing else, got to give him his props there. Yeah, I don't, I really, I get if you don't like an athlete. Right. I should say don't like, well, I say root against an athlete. So, mm-hmm. if I'm a Detroit Tiger, like I'm a Detroit Tiger fan, I don't want to see the Yankees win. I don't want to see the Red Sox win. But it's respect. And especially, you know, and, you know, we can get into that later. But the climate of, and in Africa, you know, with African Americans across this country at, and we call ourselves role models and leaders. LeBron James, this is what I don't understand when it comes to the, to the deep-seated hate. Like, you can say, well, I don't want the Lakers to win. That's fine. Right. But this guy married his high school sweetheart. He's raising three African-American children the right way. He's never in any trouble. He's done everything. Million-dollar school he opened up for underprivileged youth. He's always been supportive of his community and his people. Spoke out early before George Floyd and these other situations with I can't breathe and justice for all. I'm trying to figure out what don't you like. Okay, you don't roof them, but what don't you like about a person who's tried to do the right thing? That's what mm-hmm. amazes about LeBron James. You don't have to root for anyone. I didn't. I don't root for certain teams because I'm a San Francisco 49er fan, so I don't want to see the Rams win. 
But Definitely. you have to respect people that have done things the right way, especially that guy and what he's done in his community. No doubt about it. Because the thing about it is like with athletes, they don't necessarily ask to be role models. They just want to go play the sport they love. So, but they get this big image that they kind of forced to turn into an athlete or not an athlete forced to turn into a role model like LeBron case and the be having those shoes on. I think he's Absolutely. definitely living up to it. I agree. RJ. So next thing I want to talk to you about is that, you know, with your NBA experiences, you have a little insight and got a little inside knowledge. What's something that fans think they know about the NBA that they really don't know? I'd probably say that they, they think they know, but they really don't know that a lot of these guys work harder at their craft than what you really can imagine. I believe and that. So some guy, like, when you see, they say, well, this guy, is a, he's not good, or he's a bum, or he's not, well, he can't, like, that guy will come in and probably give you 60 points in your face, the 12th man on the NBA. Like, the talent level in the NBA, like, if you, if you watch workouts or if you come to a practice, it's unbelievable. So the guy who's not getting in the game, and you say, well, you don't even get in the game, he'll, he'll come to oh, your, your open gym and give you 60. So I would say how hard these guys work at their craft and, it, and how skilled they are. You'd be very surprised with guys that you, you know, you, some guys you may not mention or um, a person that, that's not getting a lot of attention, he's really good. I believe that. Like a like a like Spencer Dinwiddie, a guy that came out of nowhere. You like well, who? Like these guys can play, man. Like <laughs> much 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 better than what you uh, what you can. Because my thing is, it's about what twelve to fifteen players on the roster, and it's yep. thirty teams. So if you that good to make it onto one of those teams, out of how many people in the U.S. and not only the U.S. but in the world, you got to have some game. So. Especially. Another guy that I'm just giving an example. I watched him work out. Okay, I'm for it. Norman, like I'm, I'm messing it. Norman Powell, Raptors, From, or he's on the. Uh, he got traded. Trailblazers. Trailblazers. Yep. This dude, if he had more opportunity, he probably would shock somebody. I know he's definitely shown them flashes during the Raptors championship run. He was a big piece of that that team. You know, hundred percent. So that's what I would say. These guys are better than what you think. No doubt about it. I seen Lindsey Hunter, former Piston. That's my guy. Like it, real Lindsay. I seen Lindsey Hunter. It's a famous gym in Detroit. You're a little young. By the name of Saint Cecilia. It's world okay. famous. Isaiah Thomas, Magic Johnson, George Gervin. Anybody who's Chris Weber, Jalen Rose, any of these guys who have any amount of Derrick Coleman talent have played at Saint Cecilia. I watched Lindsey Hunter come in there, and I think the first two minutes. Guy took the ball, knocked it out of his hand, might have stripped him. Somebody said, Lindsey, you're a bum. <laughs> right? Mistake. So they're playing NBA 12-minute quarters now. No, I'm sorry. They might have been playing 20-minute halves. It doesn't matter. Okay. It was less than like 40 minutes. He proceeded to score probably 65 to 70 points on jump shots. I'm not joking. And he wasn't even... He was like coming off the bench, but he had just got traded to like 65 points and he wasn't even a starter in the NBA. Trying to tell people, man. Yeah, it's deep. I believe it. Baseball. That's why when these guys try to make these transitions and like Nate Robinson and uh, Ocho Cinco and they try to make these, like, it's not what you think. You don't have to go there. (laughs) Yeah, it's the truth. (laughs) Our game. You see what happened to Nate? (laughs) 
But guess what? It's true, though. It, it wouldn't be as embarrassing because when you get knocked out, it's like another level. But if that guy was have got on the basketball court and tried to play Nate one-on-one, the result would be the same, just probably minus the, well, the same embarrassment in another kind of way. You know, you just have to respect people for what they do, bottom line. Professional basketball players are just that, professional. No doubt about it. Yeah. One thing I want to mention is uh, I've seen you coach many times now. Okay. And you coach with an intense style. <laughs> but I've seen what your coaching style brings out of players. So, like, what made you want to coach that way? Because coaches got their different ways of coaching, but yours, the more intense. What made you want to go that route? And how do you make sure you're not, I guess I want to say going overboard with the players, but also making <laughs> sure you get a message across that you want them to be great? I think there's components to being a successful coach. Number one is being authentic. So me being intense, that's cl- that's my personality in general. I'm super competitive and transparent is important to being a good coach. Although I will say this, I've seen there's two ways to skin a cat. I'm saying that to say this. So probably someone would say, I got some Tom Izzo in me a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah. But but I w- I've seen a guy like Nate McMillan who was an excellent coach. Mm-hmm. Had a great year for the Atlanta Hawks. Very calm demeanor, precise to the point. Good get it. Tyrone Lou, when people don't know, he's a little bit more intense than what you think. And he comes mm-hmm. across. So it's different ways of skinning the cat. But me, I'm, it's authentic. Hey, guys, come on. Let's get that rebound. That, would, that wouldn't be authentic. I'm going to be intense and make sure, especially if I, you know, I, I don't just initially come out. I'm yelling and barking for no reason. There's been a numerous amount of times that we've had repetition. We've been taught over and over the right way to do things, whether it's offensively or defensively. We're going to teach you first. Myself, the assistant coaches, I never turn the intensity up unless, you know, it's some repeated mistakes that, you know, basically you've been taught the right way. And then, you know, just to try to motivate as well. Sometimes guys, certain guys need a little extra just in motivation. Malcolm Clinton. Malcolm Clemens this year and last year is a prime example of a kid who, just to compare myself, he absorbed the culture, understood this is all out of love, and it paid off for him. He's at Eastern Michigan University now. Two years ago, I met Malcolm. He was playing JV. He was just coming off playing junior varsity basketball. But he accepted it, understood it, and used it to his advantage. Shout out to Malcolm because, yeah, I've seen him play too. Malcolm can play. For sure. <laughs> he can play. For sure. And a lot to come. He's gonna, people are going to be surprised at how well he does. Almost definitely. A year or two in that weight room, and you'll see something really special. And that's the thing with your coaching style I was going to mention. Like, I can vouch for you that, yes, you might be intense, but I've seen you get the job done. Appreciate it. I've seen many players that you've coached. I've yep. seen the progress they made, and I've seen team success, the progress like – with Arbor Prep, I right. remember when you got there. I remember the team they had with you coming in. And mm-hmm. like you said, just coming off your first regional championship. So that shows the progress you're willing to help teams make. So I appreciate, I appreciate that. We got bigger goals ahead of us. but Oh, no doubt. We do. We feel like um, we're one of the top programs in the state now. And that was what I envisioned when I arrived. 
is to um, not say, oh, that was close. Good try. Pat on the back. No, we got to win games, and there should be an expectation level of championship of us. And that's where we're, I feel like we're there now. I love to hear it because I know I want to see my school win the championship. That's of all course. I want. Oh, you're a, you're a true Gator. Like, <laughs> they pull out a picture of Arbor Previs, your picture would be right there three times. Oh, yeah. That's my school right there. For sure. So, I got to get your finals prediction. Who you got winning and how many games? I, Giannis's health is, mm. like, bothering me a little bit. Like, people say, well, stop wavering. Pick a team. I get it. But when someone's not healthy, that, that changes the dynamic. It does. That's valid. Seriously, like, being honest, I respect everything Phoenix has done. I really do. Because, it don't, like, I know how hard it is to win a championship firsthand. It's difficult. But there were a lot of injuries in the West, being honest. Jamal Murray, uh, LeBron James was not 100%. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis missed. Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum were playing through some things that people didn't really realize. Kawhi Leonard didn't play in the Western Finals. So that affects everything. That being said, if Giannis is 100%, I think the Bucks can win in seven in, on Phoenix's court. So if Giannis is healthy, Bucks in seven. Bucks in seven. I got Bucks in seven. If Giannis isn't able to be at a full health throughout the series. Phoenix and six. Phoenix and six. Okay. I do agree with what you said about Phoenix going through those Western Conference opponents and the injuries. No, because that's definitely true. Only thing I have to say to that, I feel like, as people call the basketball guys, are finally letting Chris Paul get his moment because obviously this is first finals. And then we all know the history he's had. He's always seemed to get hurt at like the worst possible time. So the fact that he's able to get this far because other team injuries, I think that was like the basketball guy's way of saying, all right, we're going to finally let you get one. Because I mean, I feel like he deserves it. That's a good point. He definitely deserves it. Uh, Chris Paul's been a top point guy. He's put his work in. I know me personally. I think I'm going to go with Phoenix winning. Okay. Just because I'm biased towards I want to see Chris Paul win. And then Devin Booker, with him being from Grand Rapids, you know, him being from Michigan, that just made me want to root for him more. Especially when we talked about he grew up on that uh, Pistons team, a team we all loved. It's like, yeah, I can't resist that. (laughs) Yeah, he reeled you in. He reeled you in with that, RJ. Yeah, he he started telling those 2004 Oh, yeah. And you jumped on the Suns bandwagon. That's cool. I mean, <laughs> I can't help you. You know how I am with my Pistons. You I'm know cool. how that go. You love those guys. <laughs> Speaking of the Pistons, we got the number one pick. Do you think we're keeping that pick, or you think we're going to trade it? Keeping the pick. Okay, because a lot of people trying to throw out the rumors that they're going to trade it. I don't see it happening, but. Keeping the pick. All right, I, I, I'm with you there. Now, since you said we're keeping it, who are you taking? <laughs> Just got to keep evaluating. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep evaluating because people say it's a no-brainer in certain mm-hmm. instances where certain names come up. And people say, well, why, you, you know, why do we, why do we say, you know, it should be obvious. But I'm explaining something to you. Like, you, when you say it's the obvious, it probably, probably could be the obvious, you know, in certain instances. But you still must, you have to do your research and you have to do your due diligence because there, there have been guys in the past who have went, I, don't, I forgot who was in that Devin Booker draft, 
But probably looking back now, you wonder, should he have went higher? I know a lot of Pistons fans are still complaining about us taking Stanley Johnson when Devin Booker's on the board. So You understand? So what seems to be a no-brainer, which in that instance, that necessarily wasn't a no-brainer, but you have to do your due diligence. And one thing I can say, and, and I'm just being honest, Troy Weaver, I've never been around a better evaluator, not just as evaluator of players, but the ability to evaluate an individual. Because it's a lot that goes into being a professional, to, to, to changing the, um, the, the, the fabric and the, the locker room and, and what you value and what Piston basketball should be about. And Troy Definitely. Weaver is unbelievable evaluator <laughs> talent of just individuals. And he'll get it right. Well, who, whoever is shaking the commissioner's hand, trust me, Troy Weaver will get it right 100%. You know what? I'm glad you said that because I know me personally, I want Kay Cunningham. Okay. And I know there's rumors of it might be Jalen Green. Which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, truthfully, if you ask me. But I'm glad you brought up Troy Weaver because of the fact you said he's going to make the right decision. And after this first year he's had with the uh, Pistons, Uh he's definitely earned my trust because I don't think there was one move where I was like, oh, he blew it on that one. They're all, if anything, they've been finessing. Uh (laughs) I feel like we've been finessing teams out here. So it's like, all right, I trust this guy. So. Like you said, whoever shakes the commissioner hand, I'll be okay with that pick because of the fact I know Troy Weaver is the one who made the final call. 100%. What see, do you see the Pistons having next year? Um, always in basketball, especially at the level, health is important. So barring injury, you know, staying healthy. Definitely. We, I think we it's um, fair to try to say, you know, we, they're going to continue – to keep this play-in-game situation. So mm-hmm. talking 10 teams, if we could hover in that 6-10 to 10 area, that would be a major leap. And I, I would think, be totally fine with that, too. Yeah, and I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think with the pick and a few, uh, a few minor, you know, moves here and there, and improvement. I think that gets lost in the shuffle. A lot of, it's so much free agency. You know, Brooklyn went and got KD and, and Kyrie and the Lakers got LeBron and different, but you know what has what Phoenix has shown you and Milwaukee has shown you that your if your guys improve, so the core of what you already had, if they continue to progress, the Devin Booker's, the DeAndre Aydens, so if Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart, and Killian Hayes, and Saban Lee, these guys continue to improve, so they're going to get better, and they work really hard, and and. That's a part of your success, too, is to see your core group get better. Most definitely. No doubt about it, because I know that's what I'm looking forward to. I was like the other day I even posted. I was like, I'm not. I was like, I just got a gut feeling we might not make that playing game, which would not be the worst thing in the world because we're still building. But if we were to get in that playing game or even better, man, that's you. That's you. Man, will we be on our way? Are we already on our way, but that would be a big step. 100%. 100%. And I think that should be the goal, 6 through 10. And, you know, always go. You always go in, but you got to be realistic. You know, the East will be good. Brooklyn will be back. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sixers, the Hawks show what they can do. Milwaukee will be there. 
Um, I think um, Boston will be will be around. So it's not like the East is gonna get gonna um, get weaker. It's already strong. So last thing talked mm-hmm. about how you're pretty good friends with Troy Weaver. What's one thing you want Pistons fans to know about your friend and the current Pistons GM? What do you want them to know? He gets it. He understands. Excellent evaluator, not just a talent on the court, but just understanding who can represent this organization, who can represent this community, true, the true fabric of being a person. Like, we've won with blue-collar, lunch-pail guys. He understands that, He and, and you'll see that, and you're going to see Pistons giving maximum effort every night, and that's what you got to respect. When they come out that tunnel, you don't want to – if you're in person, you don't want to pay your money to see a team that's not competing at the highest level, just, just giving it their all. And if you're watching on television or wherever you want to see, you know what, we competed. If you go back and really watch it, and I'm sure you did, RJ, you're a true Pistons fan. We were, <laughs> you know. The Pistons were in a lot of games this year close. It was little things down the stretch that, that lost the games. Right. But, you didn't look up each night like, man, we losing by 30 again? No, we were. We was hanging in there with close, to, I mean, good teams. It would be like 10, we would lose by maybe 5, 10, and we talking contenders. And we were supposed to be the worst team in the league. So, yeah, we was we was hanging in there even though we would lose. But, like yeah, you said, exactly, the main thing is we would hang in there. Exactly. And that's a credit to Troy Weaver and the culture he's created. And, and that's what you can hang your hat on. He understands completely. Most definitely. Well, with that being said, Coach, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Okay, I would say I want to say I want people to go out and support you. I, I, I don't say this. That. I don't say that loosely. I told you this before. You know, I'm very. You know me. I'm transparent. You got. It. You got something <laughs> special. I think you can go even further. Um, I can see you on television with the Skip Baylesses and Stephen A. Smiths. Like you oh, actually, man. you re- you actually got it, R.J. You're articulate. You understand sports, you're fair, um, and you have passion for it. So that's the one thing I want to say. Next thing I want to just say, just uh, hope everyone remains safe, um, just listening. Um, just be conscious of everything. We just come out of a pandemic. So um, I think that helped um, slow some people down and evaluate and show love and peace and unity amongst each other. That's something that we need to continue to do. And I think I hate that COVID happened. And I think that was part of the, the, the positive of it, that it, it allowed us to evaluate and love family and friends more. No doubt about it. I felt that. I felt that right to the core. So, Yes, for sure. 100%. I felt that. But with that being said, I appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you talking some hoops with me, giving, you, giving me some stories you had, some sure. insights of what's going on. I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, no doubt. Cater Nation, stand up. All right, first thing first, everyone, please give Coach Murray a round of applause. He deserves it. Great episode. Great interview. I enjoyed every bit of it. So got to give him his props. I hope you all got some entertainment out of that. I know I did. So hopefully you got it too. Time to wrap up the episode, though. So don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter. My handle is the same for both accounts at RJ underscore Hunt 36. Send me a friend request on Facebook at RJ Hunt. Follow the craziness I post on TikTok at 
RJ Hunt 36. Thank you for listening. I hope you come back to hear more episodes. If you can, please subscribe, leave a rating, and leave a review, please, because I love to hear the feedback. And if you love today's episode, send it to a friend. Send it to two friends. Send it to three friends. Send it to as many friends as you please. Now just remember these words, because these some big words to live by. And that is to spread love. Keep your chest out. Hold your head up. Show off them pretty teeth. And don't you worry about a thing. Until next time, y'all be good out there. God bless you all. Peace. Thank you.